Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here this morning. And let, let me just, can I just tell you something before I get started? I love you. I do. I just, I don't know. You know, like this week, I don't know. I just like have had this like, you know, it's Thanksgiving and, and I just want you to know, I, I mean, I love you. I just thank God for you and, and I do. I just want you to know that. So if nobody's told you that lately, I just told you. I love you. I, I really mean that. Today we're kicking off a brand new series. It's called A Savior is Born. And I'm so excited. I love the Christmas season. I love this time. And we're going to be sharing uh, over the next few weeks about this topic. And today it is my hope that you would... Uh, experience this, and that is the, what, the topic we're going to be talking about, and that is surprised by hope. I pray that through this Christmas season that you will be surprised by hope. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you in this room like receiving surprises at Christmas? Let me see your hands, okay? Yeah, that's the majority of us. How many of you here like, okay, you'd rather just give the surprises at Christmas? Anybody besides me? Okay, yeah. So, you know, like, that's, that's my thing. Like, at Christmas, I always go out and and try to get Rhonda and Tyler and Caitlin something just for me that, that's a surprise. And I never will forget about, I don't know, five or six, seven years ago. I can't remember how long it's been. But one Christmas was so special. Because at that surprise, I gave Caitlin her surprise. And as she opened, she took the paper off of that gift. And she opened it up. All of a sudden, when she saw the gift, her lip began to quiver, and tears rolled down her face. As a dad, that is the moment that I will cherish forever because I've never been able to duplicate it again. <laughs> she opened up a smartphone. Because in my family, they always say, we're the last ones to get anything, you know? And she opened up that gift, which was a smartphone, and it was just, it was a hit, you know? It was like, Wow. And so what I, what I want to say is this, is that, you know, with, uh, maybe that's the way Mary felt. Maybe, maybe when the angel appeared to Mary and he says, you know, I bring you good news of great joy. And he begins to declare to Mary that how that she would be the one who would bear the Savior of the world. I wonder, maybe her lip quivered a little bit. Maybe a tear rolled down her face. Just Maybe. There's been other times in my life, I can tell you, Christmas, that I was surprised when I was probably about 10 years old or so. I remember going to our aunt's house, and it was the aunt that had the biggest house. You get excited, right? Okay, you don't think like I do, but anyways, I'll think, bigger house, bigger gift. <laughs> I don't, that's the way I thought, I don't know. But anyway, so we went there, and I remember, you know, it was time to give out gifts, and it was where everybody was exchanging gifts. I'm 10 years old. I don't know nothing. I just want to know what, my name, what present has my name on it. And so I get this gift, 
and I tear the paper off it, just like my daughter did, you know. And I can tell you as I opened it, my mouth went agape and my eyes widened at the surprise. I was in shock that I had just opened a gift with soap on a rope. <laughs> what were they smoking? That's all I want to know. What were they smoking? Who gives a 10-year soap on the rope? I mean, like, I'm 10 years old. I don't even bathe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you're 10 years old. You go up and you wet the washcloth, you throw it in the corner, and you run a little water, and your parents think you took a bath. Yeah, I just gave some of your secrets away, okay? So I'm like, what kind of gift? What is, what is that? Soap on a rope. Everybody left, the, they left, you know, some people left out there with little, you know, Tonker toys and all these little trucks and cars and stuff. I left with soap on the rope. Surprised I was. Maybe that's the way Joseph felt. <laughs> when Mary come to him. And said, hey, Joseph, I want you to know, you know, we're going to have a baby. He's like, yes, Mary, we're going to get married. You're, we're betrothed. We're engaged. We're going to get married. We're going to have children. Yes. She said, no, 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 Joseph. I am already with child. And Joseph's like, I haven't touched you. <laughs> Maybe that's the way he felt. Soap on a rope. Just Maybe. I know that he did because he said, hey, I'm getting rid of you, woman. I'm, you know, I'm putting you away. I'm going to do it silently, but I'm putting you away. And the angel of God had to come to him. So what I'm saying to you is that I hope that you are surprised by hope, not soap on a rope. Okay. Let's look at this. So Christmas is all about God giving his hope to the world. And today I believe he's going to give that to us. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah 9 and 6. Look at this verse. Because Isaiah is talking about the hope that Jesus Christ would bring to the world, a Savior would be born. It says this, you ready? For to who? Shout that out. For to who? Us. Us. A child is born to? A child is given, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, let's read it, ready? Wonderful counsel. Let's stop right there. Let's say that again. You read those two words. You ready? Wonderful counselor. Let, let's just stop one minute. Let's just do wonderful. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Wonderful. Do it again. You ready? One, two, three. Wonderful. Doesn't that just make you feel good to say wonderful? I mean, doesn't that just all of a sudden make the dorphins begin to move in your brain and, and all of a sudden you begin to feel good? Wonderful counselor. He goes on to say that he would be the wonderful counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of what? Peace. That's who Jesus would be. That's why a Savior has been born to you and I. Today as we talk about this, I want to tell you today, I want to talk about being surprised by hope, and I want to give you four things that I believe that you and I can do to let hope come shining in. Before I do, I wrote down a statement uh, that is um, on the screen behind me that I would like for you to read with me. You ready? It says this. When God's love is uncovered, new hope is discovered. Let's read it again. You ready? Come on. When God's love is uncovered, new hope is discovered. So my question to you today as we dive into this today, you know, listen, 
This is going to help you if you can answer this question. What is covering up God's love in your life? God sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, right? I mean, like, remember, nails in hand, nails in feet, crown of thorns on, spear inside, bleeding, died to show you how much he loved you and how much he loved me. And so we see that God's love is already there. But what is covering up God's love? What's not letting you see that? Is it maybe today, just maybe today, maybe there's a hurt in your life. Maybe the day that, you know what, something is out of your control, spinning out of control in your life. Maybe what's covering that love up is, is maybe, just maybe, just maybe today that you have an issue that you've been praying about that you're just not trusting God with. Or just maybe today, just maybe today, maybe you don't have peace with God. And so today we want to talk about this. So if you just go to number one, let's look at this together. You ready? Number one, you ready to write this down, please? Let love heal your hurts. If you want to be surprised by hope, we have to learn to let love heal, God's love heal our hurts. Now look at me. You might ask a question. Your question is why? Why would I do that? Why would I let God heal my hurts? I'll tell you why. Here's why. He's the wonderful counselor. Now look at me. I've been to counseling. Dear God, you think I'm jacked up now. You should have seen me before. I mean, like I, I've been to, I think counseling is good for everyone. And uh, Rhonda and I have been to counseling. We have a good one, you know. Uh, thank God. It's awesome. But I want to tell you, I don't have a wonderful counselor. I have a good counselor, but I don't have a wonderful counselor. You know what's the difference between a good counselor and a wonderful counselor is? The wonderful counselor knew me before I was ever a twinkle in my father's eye. He knew me when I was being crafted and designed in my mother's womb. On the day that the doctor pulled me out and slapped my backside, he was there. He's been with me every step of the way. And so when you go to a counselor, it takes them about six weeks to sort of figure out who you are and where you've been and what's going on in your life. But with God Almighty, He's been with you every step of the way. Every breath you've taken, He saw that breath. When you were sleeping at night and breathing, He was there guarding you. He knows everything. He is the wonderful counselor. Amen? He already knows. That's just good right there. We can just stop right there and go home. It'd been good, right? That's right. He's a wonderful counselor. He knows already knows. You ain't got to go in there and say, well, let, let me tell you when I was five years old. No, 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 no. He knows. Let me tell you how this woman's been treating me. No, he already knows. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. So, on the screen again, I have another uh, quote I'd like to share with you. I'd like you to read this with me. And as we read this together, we're going to emphasize... Two statements, to me and in me. So I want you to read that a little bit louder, okay? I want you to emphasize it. Let's read it together. You ready? Through Jesus, God revealed his love to me so he could heal a hurt in me. Let's do it one more time. You ready? Through Jesus, God revealed his love to me so he could heal a hurt in me. And until you see God's love, you will never, ever experience healing in your life that God loves you. And God has to reveal. That's why Jesus comes, so he could reveal to you. Everybody thought God was really mean before Jesus came on the scene. We'll talk more about that later. All right. 
Look at the next verse with me because this is so powerful. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still what? What happened? Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you something? It's in this moment that we have to have an understanding that my friend Brandon Keller taught me this. He said, listen, it's okay to have a past, but it's not okay to let your past have you. And so Paul was, that's what Paul was saying here. He said, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died. That means that while you were doing bad stuff, God died for you and Jesus come so that you could be forgiven. That means this, that when you ask God to forgive you, that he forgives you of your past. And you have to move on. A friend of mine who's a pastor friend about 10 years ago, a very close guy, he, he, he made the ultimate mistake as a pastor. He had an affair. This guy had four kids. He had an affair. And I want to tell you that, you know, through this process, after that happened, he was at the low of the low, you know, after it all come out. And, of course, you know, they're trying to hold their family together. He's in a smaller town. So that means that it, it, he has not only does he resign his church, but he's got to move. And, and so they left the house that they lived and they, they moved to another town. He got a, a job, and, and they're living. He and his four kids and his wife are living in this travel trailer while he and his wife are trying to go through some counseling and, and try to make things better, you know, and, and, and it's just horrible. And he thought, you know, if I can just get out of this house, maybe we can, get, we can get more healing. Or if we can just get out of this trailer, maybe we can get some more healing. And so he had found a home in the, the community that he, went to, uh, that he was living in that he was going to buy, put a contract on that. While he had a contract on his other house in that other community, he thought, okay, maybe things are getting better. On the day that they were to close, he had a set of movers come to the first house that was going to move him out and take his stuff straight to the new house, and he had the uh, closings lined up. It was going to work out right. On his way of driving another uh, two hours to the first home, he got a call from the banker, and the banker said, listen, we've looked over this again. And we just don't feel comfortable. We think that you've got to come up with $10,000 more before we're going to be able to do this. He said, at that moment, we just broke. We pulled over on the side of the road, and we just began to cry. And he's thinking, you know, God is punishing me all over again. I know I deserve it. God, you should punish me. I, I brought, a, uh, a, I brought a, a damage to your name and to your, to your house and to my family. And I've caused harm. God, I deserve this. And they just cried. said, we didn't know what else to do, so we just kept driving and thinking, oh, I don't know. He said, and while they were driving, and his wife's cell phone rang. And it was a lady in the church that were, they had just left, where, you know, out of that, where the affair had happened of that congregation. This lady calls, and I, he said, I don't know how she got my wife's cell phone number to this day. But she called her, and she says, I just wanted to call and just see how you guys were doing. And you know, if you're going to be in town anytime soon, she's like, well, we're coming in town just for a moment, but we're going to be, packed, we're going to be leaving. And it's like, they was embarrassed. They didn't want to see anybody. She said, well, I'd like to come by. I was like, okay, you can. He said, you know, when she hung up, it's like, they're distraught. Like, we don't want to see anybody. So they, they get there, and, and sure enough, 
the doorbell rings and they're like, okay, we're going to take her cake and we're going to let her get her out of here as quick as possible because we, we're just ashamed and, and so forth. The doorbell rang and she come and she stood there at the door and she said, I just want to tell you that God loves you. I just want to tell you that God loves you. And she gave him, a, you know, a card to just say, I just want you to know our God loves you. And she left and they thanked her and they were kind. And they opened up the card. And that lady who did not know anything about their circumstance had written a check for $10,000. He said, Jeff, it was that miracle moment that I understood that no matter how bad I'd been, God is still good. No matter what I'd done, all the pain I'd caused God in His kingdom, all the pain I'd caused my wife, all the pain I would cause my children, all of that pain, that God still loved me. I'm here to tell you today, no matter what you've done, where you've been, or what's, what's been done to you, or what you've done to someone else, I'm here to tell you today that God still loves you. Amen? Would you just shout? Would you just do this with me? Why don't you just shout out, I receive it. You ready? One, two, three. I receive it. One more time. One, two, three. I receive it. Amen. I receive it. God still loves me. He still loves me. They were surprised by hope. Number two, would you write this down? How to be surprised by hope? Let God control what is out of your control. Good grief. Let God control what is out of your control. Now, let me just talk to all of our control freaks here, of which I am a recovering addict. Hello, my name is Jeff, and I am a fellow struggler in this area. God is in control of what is out of my control. Look what James says here, talking about temptations. James says, consider the sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You may have been there. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Would you read those next five words with me? Let's read them together. You ready? Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. What is he saying? James is saying this. Is that you gotta go, you're gonna go through stuff. Okay, can I let me tell you something? Look at me just a second. It's your pastor, I wanna tell you. You're gonna go through stuff. And just because you're going through stuff doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. All right? Sometimes you gotta you can't go around it, you can't go under it, you gotta go through. Here's what I found out. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. Let me say it again. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. Right? That's why, that's why we're going to walk together the church. That's why, you know, the, old, the people that, of, of us that are, you know, on this older side have got to make sure we tap into the younger people on this side. Why? Because they got energy. They know technology. They got all this stuff on the younger side. And in the older side, we, we've got wisdom because we've got, we got a testimony because we've been through something. Over here, they haven't been quite as through as much. So we have to walk together, right? Because when you don't, when you haven't been through anything, you don't know anything. But when you've been through something, you know something. 
And so with our, with our younger generation, that's why we have to work hard at reaching back to our younger generation so that we can connect testimony to technology. Amen? Isn't it great when you use technology with wisdom? But it's horrible when you use technology without wisdom, right? You do stuff called sexting. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Because everybody else is doing it. But when wisdom comes in and says, oh, wait a minute. That picture of you is going to be there forever. Your grandkids are going to see you without your clothes on. See what I'm talking, you see what I'm talking about? Because everybody, you don't know that kind of stuff, right? Before you get out there and blast somebody on Facebook, maybe you need to reach down to the younger generation. That might be about 40. Hello. Don't be stupid anymore, right? That's going to be there forever. See what I'm talking about? So we have to learn. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. Now look at the next verse with me. Colossians 1 and 17. Is this better than you thought it was going to be? Because it's much better than I thought it was going to be. I'll be honest with you. I was like, man, I just don't know. But it shows you there's a God in heaven. Right now, he's speaking. Hallelujah. Colossians, look what it says. Colossians 1 and 17. Now, this even gets better. It says, he is before all things, talking about Jesus. Now, look at this. And in him, would you circle that word, in him, those two words, in him, what happens in him? Let's read the rest of it. You ready? All things hold together. In him, all things hold together. Now, I got to talk to you as your pastor. Now, see, in Jesus, in him, all things hold together. The Bible says the solar system holds together in him. Everything's holding together in him. But many of us in this room live like everything is holding together because of me. So if that's you and that's just the way you're going to be, that everything's got to be under your control, why don't you just go ahead and take Jesus right out of it and why don't you just go ahead and write me under that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Just write that right. Me. Control. Everything's in my control. Everything will hold together because of me. Maybe you're sitting here today and maybe, you know, if everything's all right with my boyfriend, then everything will be okay. And really, everything holds together because of my boyfriend. Why don't you just go ahead and cross Jesus right out of that and why don't you just put his name right there? Our girlfriend, why don't you put her name there? Or, or maybe it's your boss, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's your spouse, or maybe it's your parents. Why don't you just go ahead and write their name right there because that's who God is to you. Shoo. When I went to counseling, they said, you know, your problem is you don't trust God. I was like, shut up. In the name of Jesus. That's what they told me. And basically what I was taught was this, is that I was taking God out of every equation and putting me there. And let me tell you something, that's why I was about to have a nervous breakdown, because let me tell you, the world is too big for me to try to control. Can I, can I take a little bit of a step further? Watch this. Here's what I want you to know. You underestimate the power of you to change you. Do you know that? There's so many of you sitting here saying, I can't, I can't. And you lie to yourself because you can you can do it. You can do whatever it is that you think, I can't do it. You can do it. You have underestimated the power for you to change, but here's what happened. You've overestimated the power to change somebody else. Because you think if you can just keep talking to them, if you just keep working with them, then you're going to change. And let me just tell you something. You can't change anybody but you. Take it from a man who almost went crazy. Trying to please people to change people. You can't do enough good for somebody else to make them want to do good. You cannot do that. You can only control you. 
And when you keep trying to control everybody else, and whether that can be try to manipulate, try to be good to them so they want to do good, whatever, it doesn't work. You can't control your children. You can't control your parents. You can't control your best friend. You can't control your spouse. You can't control any of your neighbors. You can't control anybody but you. So in the, when you get to a mirror today, look in the mirror and say, you got you, baby. And that's all you got. You can't control anybody else, right? Now, the sooner you realize that, the more peace you're going to have it. Look at this uh, quote that's coming up on the screen. This would be a good one to post on Facebook. Take a picture of the screen. Look what it says. When I stop trying to control what is out of my control, what happens? God steps in and takes control. Whoa! If we just put a big amen by that and leave out here with that, friends, I, we're going to be surprised by hope this Christmas. Let's read it together again. You ready? Come on. Read it with a little attitude. You ready? Come on. Let's read it. Here we go. When I stop trying to control what is out of my control, God steps in and takes control. Amen, Pastor Jeff. That's good preaching. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's all right. I amen myself. That's all right. You'll be surprised by hope when you do that. So today I want to ask you something. What are you trying to control that's out of your control? Today, God is challenging you to let it go and let God. Okay, so on your, on your connection card, it says this. The next step, I will do my best to let go of what is out of my control so God can take control. I'm asking every person in here to check that box so that I can pray for you this week because it's going to be hard to do that, and you need God's help. So check that card in your box on your connection card. Number three, write this down. How to be surprised by hope? Trust God to keep his promises. You say, why would he do that, Pastor Jeff? Why would you do that? I'll tell you why. Because he's the everlasting father. The same reason that you let him control everything else is because he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. Let me just tell you something. There's been times in my life, I'm going to tell you, I have a great relationship with my father, but my father's disappointed me at times. My children, I'm going to tell you, I am a father. And I would tell you, if my children were standing here right now, they would tell you there's been times that I've disappointed them. You know why? Because I'm not the perfect father. I'm trying to do the best that I can, but I serve one that is the perfect father, right? God is perfect. I'm not. I tell my kids, like when they were small, I would just tell them, listen, God's not like me. He's better than me. I want them to know, because they say, you know, you compare your father to God, they're like, hey, God's not like this. He's not jacked up like me. God's perfect. Look what the Bible says. Hebrews 13, 4 through 6. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you had, because, would you read out loud these next three words? You ready? God has said, now let me stop right there. Everything that I just said to you is like, what? Why, why, are we, why is he even talking about this right now? Because he's about to talk about how he's with us. I'll tell you why. Because when you forget about God and you forget about God's promises and what God said, you will automatically go back to what everything the world says is right. You'll go back to the old lifestyle, what everybody else says is good, to relieve a little pain in your life. And when you do, you will be hung with regrets. You'll be stuck with regrets. 
And so the Bible warns us immediately of what the world says we run to for thousands of years when we begin to start having pain in our lives and we forget God's promises. So look what he says. So God has said, let's just read this together. You ready? Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What do we say with confidence? Let's read it. You ready? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? When you accept God's promise, guess what? When you accept God's promise, you get God's power and it brings God's peace. You got, it's got holding on to that promise that gives you the security in Almighty God. If God said it, let me just ask you something. Is there anybody here besides me that you've got a promise from God that hadn't happened yet? Anybody besides me? Okay, there's 10 of us. God bless the rest of you. You're not praying hard enough. <laughs> I got some jacked up people I'm praying for. How about you? I got some situations that I'm praying for. I got some things in me that I'm praying about. But this is what I want to tell you. See, God just gave me a big amen right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. He said, take five more minutes because it's raining outside and you can't go. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you. When I understand that, I hold on to God's promise. Whenever that situation arises, I realize it's out of my control. It's in God's control, and he gave me a promise, and therefore I can have peace about what I can have peace about this situation that could cause me a lot of stress and worry. And so can you. And so can you. Number four, let me give you this one. Realize that it is through Jesus that you have peace with God. It is through Jesus you have peace with God. Before I move into that, I want to say one more thing to you before I, I just feel this in my heart. Many of you are sitting here today, many of you are praying, and you're telling God how big your problems are. Can I tell you something? Why don't you just start telling your problems how big your God is? Amen? You're praying, oh God, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And guess what? He's just taking you deeper, deeper down. Why don't you begin to look at that situation and say, my God is bigger than you, and he can bring us through. He can deliver that person. He can give me that job. He can bless these finances. He can move in this situation. I'm going to have a Merry Christmas, whether you like it or not, because God is bigger than this. Amen? Amen. So realize that it's through Jesus that we have peace with God. Now, you say, why, Pastor Jeff? Because he's the Prince of Peace. You see, a lot of people want the peace of God, and they forget about the peace with God. In other words, I want to I have a life to where I know that God's with me, and that's the peace of God. I want things to go right in my life. I want peace. But you can't have that kind of peace without God. So you've got to have peace with God before you have the peace of God. And the only way you have the peace with God is you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. You will never have peace until you have a relationship with the Prince of Peace. It starts there. Look what, the, look what Paul writes here. Colossians 1, 19 and 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, speaking of Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Let's read this last part together. You ready? Come on. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He made peace with us. Okay. There is a man that I come across. I read a story of this week that just amazed me. His name was Don Richardson. Don was a missionary 
to, uh, to Indonesia, and he was trying to reach this tribe that was called the Sawi tribe, tribe. And that tribe was known to be a very violent, cannibalistic group. What did that mean? That means not only did they want to kill you, they were going to eat you too. Now, man, that sort of freaks me out right there. You tell me, you tell me hey, we're going to, you're going to be a missionary, and number one, they're probably going to kill you. They're going to kill you. Okay, well, all right, all right, that's scary enough, but then, hey, they may eat you. Shoot, they might eat me before they kill me. That's scarier, right? And so anyways, he was sitting and he was in Indonesia ministering, trying to reach these people. And what he discovered was that this was the most violent group of people he'd ever met in his life or, or tribe he'd ever seen uh, uh, in his life. And finally he discovered that this Sawi tribe had a practice. And that was that they would take a baby boy to another tribe that they wanted to have peace with. They would take that baby boy, and they would take him, as right after he was born, they would take him to this tribe and say, okay, as long as this baby boy lives here with you, as long as he lives here with you, we will be at peace. And they called that child the peace child. So as long as he's, as he's living, if he's a baby, we'll be at peace. When he gets to be a child, we'll be at peace. When he begins to be a teenager, we'll be at peace. When he's an adult, as long as he's in your tribe, we will always be at peace. The peace child. It was with that that he went in, Don Richardson went into that tribe and said, I want to tell you that God has sent you a peace child. His name is Jesus. And as long as you accept him and he lives within you, then you will be at peace with God. Today, I want to look all of you in the eye, every one of you. I want to tell you something. God has sent a peace child. His name is Jesus. A Savior is born. Because as long as you have him in your life, you don't have to worry about God being mad at you. You don't have to worry about going to sleep at night. And if you die, that you are, where are you going to wake up? You will know that you are at peace with Almighty God. Amen? Isn't that a good feeling? Today, before we go, I'm going to invite you to accept Christ if you don't know Him. If you want a prayer to pray, there's one inside of your program that you can pray. The only thing I ask you to do is check it on this box that you have prayed this prayer to become a Christian, so a Christ follower, so that we can pray with you. I want to pray with the rest of you. Would you all stand with me right now? Have I told you lately that I love you? I do. Just look at you. Look around. Look at the beautiful people around you. Would you say, I mean, aren't these good-looking people? That's right. I couldn't, just, it's okay. Just tell your neighbor. He's talking about me. You look so, you just look good. You know why? We're going to have a Merry Christmas whether anybody likes it or not, aren't we? we are, we're going to surprise some people with hope, aren't we? Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, today we come and we gather because, Lord, you've given the peace child. <laughs> and today, Father, you're the cornerstone. Jesus, you're the cornerstone. Our lives is built on you, that you're the cornerstone. No matter what we go through, difficult times, 
we know, Jesus, that we can run to you. And because we have you, we have peace with the Father. And he is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And he is the Prince of Peace. Jesus, you are. So this day, as our prayer partners come down today, oh God, we will come before you boldly today asking you for great things, knowing that you are the one that surprises us with hope. Be the cornerstone in our life, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, sing it out with us. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.